Hello and welcome to Law & Order S Review here on Fanversation. I'm so excited to be talking Season 7, Episode 6, Raw. We have a very special guest. JC McKenzie is here. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, we're so excited to have you. Of course, I'm Yael Teagle. I'm joined, as always, by Taylor Gates. Hello. And Felicia Michelle. Hi. Hello. Um, before we jump into Season 7, Episode 6, Raw, I would like to remind everyone, if you're in a situation where you need help, please reach out to the RAIN hotline. Their number is 1-800-656-4673. 1-800-656-4673. Um, Taylor, what does 4673 spell? It spells out hope, everyone. It does oh. spell hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, if you are in a situation, please reach out. They are there for you. Uh, they're that a great said, organization. They really are. Yeah. Um, and this episode it deals with a lot of serious issues. But if you've ever seen us review, you know that we don't do that. So um, <laughs> be prepared for jokes that may offend. You've no, been warned. Fair. Let's do That's it. <laughs> Um, cool. So this episode, the quick cap is an investigation of a horrific school sniper attack leads the team to a particularly obnoxious neo-Nazi group. Oh, I think that's valid. Particularly <laughs> yeah. obnoxious than all the others. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, that's a good point too, though. Um, what did we think of this episode? Because this is one of my favorites, uh, which is a very odd statement to say. Um, Felicia, what do you think about this episode? I mean, I guess they were just like, we're just going to hit a bunch of different areas really quick, like school shootings, like mm. gun gun rights and gun sales. Mm. And, you know, Second just Amendment. Go ahead and sprint Salt Bay and some racism and anti-Semitism. And there you go. Like, here's a perfect episode of Law & Order SVU. And then, like, literally all the storylines that just came from that one episode, too. So, yeah, I can see why it's one of your favorites. I know it's weird to say it's one of your favorites because it's so messed up, but it's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> Oh, well, look that's, at that. That's the thing. Like, it has everything. It has Dana Lewis, which we all know that she's one of my favorite characters. Like, she's just so she's wonderful. So and it was crazy. Yes. And I was looking up, well, we'll get into the poll, but she's only in four episodes. And I feel like she's made such an impact that I always think she's in like 10, but she's only in four episodes. So we get the introduction of her. I think it's one of the, like, honestly, one of the saddest episodes out there. It's like very upsetting and messed up. But it also has like those weird twists and turns. I don't know. I think it's just, it has so many like things rolled into one that I just think it's a really solid and, and different and interesting episode. You know, I don't, I don't watch TV, particularly myself on the TV, but you guys asked me to. So I thought it might be, uh, you know, wise to do so. I, I was shocked at how, not shocked, but I, I thought it was really, I thought it was very good. I mean, the storyline, the acting, all the characters well drawn out. The fact that it came from, uh, ripped from the headlines. Where did where did it actually come from? I'm not familiar with the... Oh, we will get there. I have oh, okay. all of the headlines. Oh. This is ripped from, segment. from like a whole bunch of stuff like they like to do on SVU. They like to yeah. take a couple stories and put them together. Right. Um, but this right. one specifically um, takes from the a group called the White Aryan Resistance, which is war mm. <laughs> as opposed to raw. Raw, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I will tell you more about that a little bit later in the show. Yeah, um, but, but at the ending, how the, that creepy young couple, 
you know, Ugh. adopted the, the, the boy to kill him so that they could get $750,000? That's nuts. I mean, was that ripped from the headlines? That is not uh, that is not a, a particularly a headline that was, or at least not one that happened before this episode. That said, I remember, I don't know why that moment this time, this viewing, I was like, oh, really think about it. They literally adopted a child to have him murdered. Great. Which is heartless. Great. Do you know what was kind of brilliant in that is- episode is Maren Hinkle, when she comes out. I was going to initial- say that. She comes out and she's initially told her son has died. I mean, it is, talk about raw. I mean, that performance is brilliant uh, because you honestly feel for a woman who's just lost her child. And then you find out at the end, it was all this weird thing to get money, you know? So it's, uh, I thought thought it was very well directed and very well acted. Yeah, I love that it was her, too, because she's such a good comedic actress that it was so interesting to see her in this very dramatic, like, I dark pref- role. I actually prefer her in this dark stuff than the than the comedic stuff. Although, as I yeah. said, I don't... What she, oh, she's on Maisel, right? She's on Maisel. She was on Speechless, which was one of my favorite shows when it was on. I think she was on Two and a Half Men. I didn't watch yes. that a whole lot, but she's yeah. been in a lot of comedies, and so it was interesting to a, see her I not a, a comedy. I did a movie with her about five, six years ago called The Commencement, uh, independent film, and I played her boyfriend or whatever. She's so kind and nice. So, such, such a sweetheart. You've worked with so many amazing people. Uh, you, you're currently at the movie, um, The Trial of Chicago 7, which is yeah, currently winning awards everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we I, I shot in Jersey about a year and a bit ago. Well, November of uh, 2019, I guess. Uh, and it was, uh, I was, I've never been so intimidated in my entire career because you're in a, you're in a courtroom and uh, surrounded by maybe 15 of the greatest character actors that have ever worked. Mark Rylance, uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong. I mean, just, I mean, and I didn't have a lot to do, although I was there the majority of the time. And Aaron Sorkin, the camera would come around sometimes and pan to you for your one to two lines. And I, I literally panicked. I had the majority of my dialogue on my hand. Because I was like, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want. To, I, I, I can't fuck this up. I, I know I only have one line, but I don't want to fuck it up. Anyway, but it was uh, Aaron's such a great writer. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We're not talking about the SVU. So. You're here to talk about you, so it's on topic. I don't think that's okay. off topic at all. I think that's actually like a lesson there is that like everyone looks at you and probably like, oh, he probably doesn't get nervous, but you're literally like. I wrote that shit on my hand because I didn't know how it was going to go for me. I'm nervous constantly. I'm nervous right now. Yeah, that I'm nervous you about care. That means you care. Yeah, that's right. It <laughs> means I care. <laughs> and I'm neurotic. <laughs> you and um, me both. Most neurotic, entertainers yeah. and every, like, they most, most entertainers or creative people tend to be a little bit like that. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about some lines because. Um, your character of Brian Ackerman says, I think some of the funniest lines, and we'll get to our favorites uh, a little bit oh, later. Yeah. Hillary and all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> but, oh my God. Um, how much, you know, how is it to play? How is it to play a neo-Nazi? What's that like? I, I think it's really tough, you know, because you want to believe in what you're saying. So what I do is 
kind of play a mind game on myself that they're the racists and I'm responding to them in just in terms of anger. And, uh, you know, it's just cause I, I gotta do something. I mean, the, the shit, the shit I'm saying is crazy, uh, you know, in the episode. So, um, yeah, that's just a little tricky thing. I, I, I do for myself, no one else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I well, often wonder that though. I'm sorry. How no, people like actors who play, roles that people are are just their characters are just horrific like how do you do that because everyone's like yeah everyone wants to act and be the superhero or like the funny person but no one wants to yeah. be like the pedophile or like, I, the I, I'd rather be the pedophile actually not 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 a real pedophile but but yeah. you know it, to play one because there's so much more to grab onto mm. you know uh, all these like all I do are play creeps and nuts and weirdos and billionaires. I play a lot of billionaires, not millionaires, <laughs> billionaires, people with a billion dollars. Uh, so I play a lot of lawyers, too. And my partner thinks it's uh, hysterical. You know, I play a lot of smart, you know, really wealthy guys. And I, I don't like I'm, I'm a poor idiot. That's what she says. That's <laughs> so, so anyway. Uh, um, so yeah. yeah so this go episode ahead. starts um, with a school shooting um, yeah. and we have, I really, I love the little, we have this very small little storyline about Mr. Bug Eyes and it's, I love it so much because this little girl can't say Bugazi and yeah. that for whatever reason amuses the hell out of me. Right. Um, and, and we find out that she's being abused and uh, her uncle beats the shit out of Mr. Bug Eyes Um which wow. has nothing scene, to do, by the way. It's so great. And has nothing to do with the story of the episode. No, the mm-hmm. first like 15% of this is just a completely different story. Yeah, like, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a red herring. Yeah, you're right. You you think it's going to be about school shooting and Second Amendment rights. Or, and then, but this whole not neo-Nazi thing comes in and sort of... Uh, and insurance fraud. Like, just throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, so uh, the go ahead. No, no. I've I've done like four of uh Law and Orders playing different characters throughout, but this was by far my my uh, uh my most favorite to do because uh it was such an interesting story and character to play. Yeah, uh, this is uh I, like again, like I said, one of my favorite episodes. Um so we start with the four children or the three children who get shot. We have Annabelle, who we later find out is too pretty to be Jewish, which <laughs> so sorry. I'm, I'm aware that I'm also too pretty to be Jewish, <laughs> but I, but I am um, Danny who gets pretty shot. In the leg. Yes, of course. The <laughs> humblest oh, God. <laughs> Danny who gets shot in the leg and then just stares at it. Yeah. Well, I love that. That is such a brilliant moment. You just see the blood oozing out from his leg because that's what would happen. He's in shock. I I feel like, I don't know about you all, but when I like hurt myself, if I don't look at it, I won't feel the pain. But as soon as I look at it, I feel the pain. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I was waiting for this kid to start screaming. I actually noted that. I thought it was kind of a brilliant, I, I can't remember who directed it. Kaplan, I think, directed it. But uh, I thought it was kind of a, a nice choice for a kid. I mean, all those kids are great too. How about that little, that little child with that little voice? She could barely speak. She was so hoarse. 
I mean, she was lovely. I mean, it's a lovely little actress, you know. No, yeah, did a great job. It was the uh, it was the, the then he sent us on another wild goose chase. It was he has a gun. He brought it to school last week. I was like, oh my god! You think, oh my god, it's a kid now. Like, it's like no, his mom. Yeah, and then yeah, his yeah. mom was gonna. But the part where his mom was gonna smack him in front of the police, I was like, wow. You know, the only thing that kind of bothers me about uh, Law and Order is that the people that the detectives go up to to ask questions, they're always doing something. They're doing the dishes. <laughs> they're taking out the garbage. They're wiping the bar. Listen, if a detective's coming to talk to me, I'm, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to stop cleaning the phone or, you know, doing my activity. I like it. It adds to the reality of it, but I think it's, it's, it's too much. It's a little too much. They're busy people. They don't got time for that. They're on the clock. Usually they like come into their office. I like when they're in a factory, so they have to keep doing what they're doing. Cause like they they're never on stop. The I'm going to continue uh, unpacking this meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, our good friend Daryl's in the chat and he says, this episode featured the CSI with the square jaw who used to always show up. <laughs> what a description. I love Thank it. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, so we go on this wild goose chase that leads us nowhere. Um, but we start looking into where this gun came from. And it takes us to uh, Gun Ho, I believe was the name. Gun Ho, yep. Wow. What a name. That's really what a name. astute of you to pick that up. I, <laughs> I mean, it was a very specific name. I know. It's funny. Gung Ho. I miss that. <laughs> um, you actually didn't get to, like, shoot in the store. You weren't even in your own store. No. Thank God. You know, a Nazi flag, is a, it's against the law in, in the United States to have a Nazi flag. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. That seems odd yeah, since know there were so many. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess maybe on a television set they have license to do it or something. But who knew? You can't have a Nazi flag, uh, you know, in your home. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad about that. But... <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, I will say there are a lot of flags, a lot of Nazi flags in this episode. Mm. I would say by far the coolest one is the one made with the beer gas. Yes. Like, like oh, look yeah. up. I was like, oh, what is should be on Pinterest. That is interesting. What? How did you do that? Like, did you like, <laughs> like, did you like line it up first? Did you sketch it out? Like, how did you do that? Right. I that was so symmetrical. I was like, wow. I was actually low-key impressed. I was like, oh. It's so yeah. impressive. How great was that guy, man? That big guy. He was so great. Um, so I'm such a big fan of his from uh, Orange is the New Black. So to see him in this role, um, we're going to give that shout out to Joel Marsh Garland, who played Brandon Lee Redding. Um, he is really so good. I love his interactions love. with Casey Novak. Um, when he's like hitting on her. Yeah, great. Hit on her. Sure, you're a neo-Nazi. <laughs> could make some beautiful white babies. Like, oh, oh my oh, God. God. Okay. That that's he exactly what he's going for. He's got his shirt off. God bless him, man. <laughs> he's just, yeah, yeah. Living his life. Yep. He, he's not ashamed. 
He's not, not, I have him nope. down for one of my favorite lines from the show when we talk about him. Some of his <laughs> lines are like absolutely my favorite. Right. Just, so wow. great. So funny. So funny. Yeah. Um, and then we also have uh, so Brian and his son Kyle and their website. Um, I love we have this very short little moment where Wong is explaining how like the internet helped these these communities come together, which <laughs> is like so weird because this episode is from 2006, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Hate groups love the internet, links them together, and lets them rant. I was like, yeah, that's more <laughs> relevant than ever to say that right now. Boy, is it ever? Yeah. Yeah. Yet it, it did seem a, you you knew it was from a long time ago because of that. I mean, it was just that one line, you know. But yeah, it certainly changed, and particularly the last four years have been uh, considerably different than than uh, you know than any other time. Yeah, um, I I think it reminds me of a time when everyone had to make their own website to get their message out. Whereas now you can pick a platform. Yeah. Anyone, pick one, anyone. Well, no, in, two, in 2006, okay, let me think. I was in high school. No, because that was when social media really was starting to pick up. That's when yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like MySpace was the thing. It was like Tom and MySpace and like top four, top well, eight, all that. Top eight. Stuff. So in, yeah. in 2006, uh, Facebook had just opened up to the public yeah. and was no longer requiring you have to have a school email to sign up. Ooh. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Because it was just for college students at first. I remember I was salty. I was like, I was in high school, but I wouldn't be on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, I was one of the last uh, years of you had to have a college email and then they opened up to everybody. So I was very excited to be exclusive and then it wasn't. And now you're on the way. Your grandparents, yep. your grandparents' friends, the lady My- who you went to church with or synagogue. I don't know. You, they, she, they're all on there. My grandparents in a different country. They're on there. Ridiculous. Um, so we have also uh, some lawyers who, if you're watching currently season 22, are judges at this point. So we have Heshi Horowitz, whom I love, um, and Barry Mordock, who is our First Amendment lawyer and now judge. Um, so I, it's one of my favorite things when the show lets them move up in their careers. Uh, unlike, yeah. unlike the judge who got shot and died, uh, this was also his first yeah. and only John, John, Ru- John Rubenstein, yeah. Great, <laughs> great, kind of great New York theater actor. Oh. Yeah. Love it. That's what they do. So many theater. Yeah, so many theater actors. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's a great thing about a show like that. It's employed so many actors for so many years. All three of them, you know. When all three of them are on, it was crazy. It's nuts. You'd yeah, definitely no. be doing a Law & Order. I don't know one actor that hasn't done a lot. Well, maybe. Maybe a few. I do, and I like to rub it in his face. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, you haven't made it if you're not on SVU. I, that's like, right. Literally, yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, every time I watch it, or you know, I've been watching from the beginning now for a couple weeks, and there's a lot of episodes of Law & Order, y'all. Um, but I get so excited every time I see someone, I recognize, like, oh, I was like, they were probably so excited to get this, and now they're doing that. Or you see them in other projects. Like I like a lot of indie stuff too. It's like you see them in different areas. You're just like really excited because like oh, there's st- for me it's like they're still acting because I know yeah. how easy it is to want to give up on like a dream that's like not very linear. Like a lot of other careers and acting is just not one of those things. 
and there's ebbs and flows. And you're like, wow, I'm glad I can see someone shot this maybe 10 years ago, but they're still working. They're still doing something like they're still doing. Or you, you see, work. you see current stars that are yeah. that back, back then. We're just doing an episodic and you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to observe that. Um, that reminds me of, I'm oh, sorry. That reminds no, me of Yale's little um, theory about like, if someone is guest starring, what is the exact theory that you have, Yale, about so if someone's a guest starring is, of a murder, they're going to get their own show next no, year No, no, no. The theory is if they are, if they're pretty well known, but not the big, huge guest star of the week, mm. um, and they do, they have some sort of big emotional uh, storyline, then within three years, they will be the lead of their own show. And it worked wow. for Maria Bello. Um, it happened uh, with um, Deborah Messing. It happened with Eric McCormick. So like they were known from Will and Grace, but they weren't mm -hmm. like, they were there to do an episode and then they got a lead of a new show. And it happened again recently with Will Sasso and I called it. Yes. And the Will Sasso is the one I remember you saying and it's a great theory. I love it. It's I mean, it, science, doesn't, it doesn't mean the show's going to keep going. It just means they're going to get the lead of a Wait, of wait, wait who's, who's Will Sasso? He was on Mad TV years ago um, and he's done a lot of comedic stuff. He's a bigger dude and he just did last two seasons ago. He was in Send in the Clowns and then um, that episode and then he just had a show. It didn't Look, the show got picked up and then got canceled. But my theory still stands. Okay. That is true. You didn't say the show was like going to go forever and ever, but you right. just say that. I said they'll get the show. lead. It happened. Because yeah. Maria yeah, Bello also yeah. got the lead of that show where she wore the hat. That's all I remember. It's a great about. show. Yeah. Then it got canceled. It didn't sound like it got canceled, yeah. It's a good theory. Yeah. I stand it by is. it. Yeah, it is. It is. It's math right there. <laughs> Um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit more about the plot of this episode, because once we got to what actually was happening, um, we find out that um, the Ackermans organization uh, is made a deal with the neo-Nazis, which are the skinheads. I'm really confused as to how they're different organizations. Well, there are because many. Because the Ackermans many. is like organized and like, right. okay, you're still a Nazi. Like. Well, there are all sorts of subsets within that, uh, you know, wide umbrella of, uh, you know, racists, I think, uh, particularly now. I mean, you, you got the Proud Boys, you got the, you know, all these uh, right wing uh, radical groups, uh, a lot of which are, are violent. So um, I, I imagine it's worse now, actually. Probably. But, I uh, mean, I guess... Now I see the difference. Like now I do see, you know, there's the, the Proud Boys and the alt-right and the whoever's, I don't know their names. QAnon. Like they all have their own little mm -hmm. differences. But in, like to me, someone on the other side going, they're all this one thing. And yeah. I guess they're also looking at us saying the same thing. Yeah. Wow. I just, yeah, I realized that they might be looking at us. We're safe, right? We're, we're all right. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> we're safe. We're fine. Um, so anyway, this group made this deal with this other group that they are going to track race traitors, which I want an episode about that. I, for, first of all, how do you do that? Yeah, how does, how do you try? Especially without Facebook. You know what I mean? 
especially with yeah. full-time employment like how do you have time to like <laughs> keep up with anybody but yourself I mean I don't know I just think I guess maybe I'm thinking like a normal person I always say like you know don't impart rational thinking on irrational people and people who have that much amount of hate in them are seriously irrational um especially when it just comes down to like you know melanin and hair texture like things that don't really like we're not really that different like as being yeah, uh, but I, I just I, I don't really have any words this episode I really actually have a whole lot of words so I'm trying to let other people <laughs> speak um I just thought it was very interesting to watch um as JC was saying kind of like this was in 2006 and now we're in 2021 and you would think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to watch something uh, 15 years ahead and it's going to be more progressive. And it's like, damn, like this episode, if we just change up some of the technology, this very much so exactly could be happening yeah. right this yeah. instant. And, yeah. and we wouldn't even probably bat an eyelash at it. And if that really happened, like this is not, this is a fictional story, you know, made of a, a bunch of different parts put together, um, a little SVU jambalaya or smorgasbord or buffet. Um, but all of this, but this whole linear, all th this whole thing could actually happen. And I was sitting there watching that, like, oh, I'm entertained, but I'm also oh. disturbed oh. at the same time because like yeah. this really could happen. And I didn't also didn't realize watching the episode, like, damn, it's like we put a lot of attention on everyone saying the M word and stuff. And I was like, damn, I forgot about all these other racial slurs. There are a lot. It's like, wow. Like there was some I rewatched. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that that's something that you say to like someone else like i didn't like a lot of these i'm like oh i didn't know what that was especially, specifically the ones like towards jewish people because i grew up in like the northeast so it's like there's all types of people so if anybody was going to say anything like that they probably weren't going to say it to the black girl so um <laughs> i don't know like a lot of the ones that i heard um that dana lewis said i was like i've never even heard of those type of she said she says one of my favorites, and I think I told you guys last time. It's just, just the I find it so funny, honestly, when she sniffs at Munch and then goes, Jew, I cannot for the life me figure out what she's smelling. What is oh JC left? I have no idea what it is that she's supposed to be smelling. Is it? I'm like thinking about I'm trying to think of all the offensive things they say about Jews. Um, and I can't figure out what it is. Because is it the juice? Do they smell like money? Is that what the smell is? Like, I don't understand what the smell is. Somebody tell me what Jews are supposed to smell like. Because I smell fantastic. <laughs> I, it's me. I don't know. <laughs> JC, you played the racist. What does a Jew smell like? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm simply not JC's going down this like, route. I don't even, like... I don't know. All right. Well, I anyway, I find it hilarious. I, I want to yeah. say I'm surprised that NBC let them air this. Kind what? of like this is like network TV. I don't know. I was kind of I, I it always surprises me when I hear some of the stuff they say on this episode in particular, because it's like this is not Netflix. Like this is not Hulu. This is NBC. So it kind of surprises me. I, I kind of wonder how they like got around that. I think that's fine. I think that, like, a lot really? of stuff I watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, didn't they, they said the N-word? Yeah. I think that it's not shocking to me. Um, oh. Because it was 2006. Like, remember, you got to really think, like, a lot of stuff that I've been watching a lot of old movies recently. And I'm like, 
that Good point. Actually, it would never fly right now. Like some of the comedies they watch, Tu Wong Fu, one of my favorite movies, would never ever work in this day and age. Even if it, if it got a, the green light before they even stepped on a set, it, that would be canceled. Yeah, and it's just true. like different things don't work during different time periods as society moves along and progresses. This worked in two thousand and six. We can accept it because it was 2006 and we all lived in 2006 and know what it's like to like, you know, be an adult-ish, you know, but it would, that wouldn't work. Like now, I don't think that they would do that or they would say something else. I don't know. Also, Porch Monkey is like a really old one. I'm like, Sambo, Porch Monkey, like, they couldn't think anything better than that, but... (laughs) But hey, it's 2006, it's a different time. Wait, who says that? Totally. I think um, Yeah, who, sa- I, who trial, says he was like, um, he says, um, Redding says it right. That they, they paid me to shoot the Sambo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like they they like they they got me oh, to shoot the Sambo. Right. They called yeah, he called yeah, little boy yeah. a Sambo on when he was on the stand. I am not familiar with that term. It's like it's. I'm gonna have y'all. I'm gonna have y'all look. It's it a racist. So that I don't <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just wrong. saying. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, it's really, really old. It's like, like a, like a coon, like a caricature type of mm. uh, depiction of black people, like Sambo blackface, hmm, Sambo okay. like mm. that. So okay. Um. Yeah. So Redding ends up testifying because he was hired essentially. And or offered, I guess, to do this gig um, to take out a corrections officer's kid, um, and a race it, trader. Yes, but also a corrections officer, <laughs> which so like double. Um, and then in court, um, we have Kyle who shoots, and some other dude who came out of nowhere and was never really explained. Um, they shoot the judge, Redding, Munch, and Stabler. Um, as Daryl points out in the chat, Stabler is a real bullet man. He really is. I was just thinking that because I just watched the episode. He was at shop and he got blinded in one episode. Like a bullet ricochets off him in another. Like he really well, is. Like, a lot of these are when Dana Lewis's character is on the show. It's like the joke he says. I forget when. It's like he's, what was it? And informed he got blown away. Yep. That was the Earth group or whatever. Um, some, I forget what happened to him, and, but he like multiple times that he's around her. He says it every time I'm around you. Penetration. Yes. I think he got shot again or something happened mm-hmm. to him. He was like, every time I'm around you, I get hurt, and he literally does all times. Like, <laughs> this episode, he was injured. <laughs> like he went to the hospital. Yeah. Oh my god. Or how about him not not wanting Kathy to be called um, after he was shot? I was like, she started. It's always funny to like. Yeah, it's always funny to see where their marriage is because it has so many ups and downs. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, this is when they were having a rough time. Like, yeah, he um, as we find out, where this is a storyline during the, like, uh, it's excellent question, Isabel uh, Gillies. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, okay. um, um, so this is the beginning of that divorce storyline, which later leads us into like Danny Beck storyline, and then. She comes back when, or Kathy gets called when he gets hurt with Danny. He gets stabbed with a pen, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Danny was wild. I don't know. She was a wild girl. Danny was wild. 
<laughs> Danny Beck. Um, and in the end, we find out that uh, Star Morrison was actually undercover Dana Lewis. Um, what I think is so fun about this, knowing now where this leads to, um, and it leading to the return of Brian Ackerman. Um, JC, did you know when this episode aired that this would come back into play? You never know. I was shocked, actually. I got a call. I think to say we're bringing the character back, do you want to do it? So for, uh, you know, until the very, very end. Three, four scripts ahead of time. But but uh, I had, I think I had a head writer, or not the head writer, but the, and say, you know, we love of that storyline and fit that in there and would you be open to it so you want to do it if you do it's great but um, yeah mm-hmm. can i just the actors i think it's really important to talk it's not sweet they are this is a very little bit because there's a lot of theater actors so not theater, but this is a great, great group of people. They've been doing this show now for what? Over 20 years? So easy. I'm guest star all, all the time. It's so easy. Not engaging, not kind of unique group of human beings who happen to love with lot of theater and they're so kind and nice i'm very unusual set in that set oh that makes me happy to hear yeah me too yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really like really <laughs> such a team player a great actress encouraging wants the for Two decades. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, that made me like like the show more. <laughs> I, yeah. That thing, there's a reason that thing's been going on a long time. Absolutely. Um, Sorry. No, we want to hear this. This is what we want to know. Yeah. We haven't been there. We don't know. Um, not yet not yet <laughs> maybe someday yes um let's talk about uh I, we talked a little bit about the end and, and what the twist the reveal is that these whitlocks took out two insurance policies literally adopted a child to kill him um because they're heartless and then the last line of the episode is we're not racist oh. we just needed the money shut up both things can be true both things <laughs> I can't. Who? Yeah. Mm, that not. They specifically knew that it was going to be easier and cheaper to adopt a black child who was over a certain age mm-hmm. in within the system. So that if that's not racist, because racism isn't just interpersonal; it's systemic. If that's not racism, baby, I don't know what is. Like I really. 
<laughs> definition for systemic racism other than the fact that they yeah. like, let me adopt this little black boy that don't nobody want. Like, and yeah. then kill him. Get him killed. I'm like, that is horrible because it's still a child. You know, most people, even if they are in my experience of life, even if they are racist or they have or they have those microaggressions of interpersonal racism, it usually doesn't fall on children. Like they're usually a bit kinder or a bit gentler. Now there still might be those undertones of racism and dealing with an adult like that, but it was usually they're kinder just because children are small. They're innocent like puppies. Like, you know, like they're like animals. Like they can't fend for themselves. So it's usually some presumption yeah, innocence yeah, yeah. that gives people like a bit of a heart for them and i was like y'all have no heart like y'all are not just racist y'all are soulless i think that like also this episode does a good job of like the subtle message of like yeah there are racists who are obviously very outward with their beliefs but then there are people like this who are just as like insidious and disgusting but they keep it inside and they're low-key about it and that's like one of the most depressing parts about this i think it's like this is everywhere, yeah, whether more... you're speaking out or not. JC? Up front. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, not... Yeah, I think... Oh, no, go ahead. But the... They're, they're particular... Because... You can... You can see them, you know, out there with these microaggressions that you mentioned. Uh... But you're right. I mean, I mean that somebody would stoop to do. That's scary. I I I literally would much rather you drive in the battle of Louisiana. So drive with your pickup truck in the back with like um, whatever flags that you're displaying. Your rebel. I rather. Confederate rebel flag heritage, whatever you want to call. It. I'd rather you wave yeah. that in my actual face than for you to be low key yeah. like racist, and then I'm dealing with you and I'm and I'm interfacing with you and giving you the benefit of the doubt that you are not like this because of how you interact with me. Um, but you could very well treat other people who look like me in my community quite differently, or you might talk about me differently behind my back. And I, I, I just rather you be like, I don't like black people, and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I can do. I how, can do how that. How often? How often has that happened? Um, like people how, like having Confederate flags down here. Like, no, no. Like, have you have you encountered, or is it covert? Is it oh, sort of like, or whatever? Um, it's uh. Well, I have a different profession. I work work in, I think my profession also is a thing of it because I work in television news. So the people who even recognize me in this community, they know me from being on the news. So I don't think that they interface with me the same way that they would other, other people. Um, I see. It's so, so usually it's more like covert, like it's more like a compliment of how I speak or, um, a compliment. Oh, of, oh, oh really? I don't, wanna, I don't mean any offense, but I just want to tell you that I like your hair. It's like, why would you tell me you like my hair? Be offensive to me, like so. It's like oh, smaller, weird. It's like weird. <laughs> like I swear, it's it's like weird instances like that. Um, but I think a lot of people really are actually uncomfortable. And Younger it's people, not, huh? Young? Oh no, 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 it's definitely older people. It's definitely older. Is that from people. old generational? 
they're, they're a little older. Yeah, young yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. watch the news, JC. No, young people are not watching the news. Okay, it's not anybody my age watching the news. I mean, find my age. They're like, oh, why, why, why tell you move here? You're like, oh, I do the news. They'll be like, okay, well, what channel? Because I don't watch the news every time. Like, young people don't know. So it's usually uh, people who are yeah. her, are older. Um, that yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, unless there's anything else you want to say about the episode, I want to get into some of our favorite lines. Um, Taylor, anything you want to say though about Dana Lewis or oh, I love the moment. Yeah, I love the moment where she like panics because she knows she's gonna have to like be on the stand. They're like, "Can you please state your name?" She's like, "Fifth Amendment." (laughs) And they're like, "Girl, it's just your name. Like, it's fine." She's like, "No, Fifth Amendment." I like, I love that moment so much. And then uh, the pieces start like falling into place. But I think that's that was like such a nice like twist because we're like your name but she would have perjured herself i think it's so funny um i totally agree uh felicia anything else about the episode before we move to best lines um i just really love this episode because it starts the beginning of some really great storylines that branch off um in an svu universe so it yeah i just love this episode I don't love the racism and like you know i don't like all of that but i just i do love um the episode and the acting phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah great job so let's talk about some of our favorite lines um i've already said the one where she sniffs munch because <laughs> i still can't for the life of me figure out what it is that she is smelling is it matzah because matzah has no smell anyway i just i don't know what <laughs> i'm so confused <laughs> uh um i know that uh felicia you really like the redding some of redding's lines oh, yeah i do um but my favorite one has to be when he invokes the right for counsel and he says, let us whites work this out. <laughs> zero brain cells, zero brain cells. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's see y'all whites work it out then. <laughs> I I really like when she's like, you're going to be judged by a jury of your peers. Great. And he's like, skinhead's awesome. She's like, no, you're human peers. <laughs> Yes. You're human, Beer. It's yeah. nice to see the relationship between Munch uh, and and his partner, too. You see them in a personal expository nonsense that they've got to get through. You know, he was there, she was there. So it's nice to see them personalized in this episode as it's in quest or following leads or whatever, but being out emotionally for the people they work with all the time and care for. Yeah, yeah I really like that. I love the part where he brings them the smoothie at the end. Um, Daryl in the chat says his favorite line is great bit. requisite tuna feminist. <laughs> oh, um, that's funny. Um, my favorite line is, is, is a Brian, uh, Ackerman line. And it is, I need someone to help me right now, preferably someone who speaks English with an IQ above 60. I know. Oh, I know. Just the worst. That that was interesting. I was to do that. I was very hot because I was nervous. I I did that bit maybe 13, 14 times because you (laughs) 
Oh. Got to get all the leads coverage first at the guest star. So I was uh, as hot and Mariska came up and cranked that up a bit, you know. So, so that bit was yes. saying all that, that horrible shit can y'all think that scene was one day <laughs> um yeah daryl agrees the ackerman intro rant is amazing it's so good um i also have another favorite from kyle uh where he says jews are the descendants of eve and satan and finn's response is <laughs> who do you think spawned you, you. <laughs> classic <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, Taylor, your turn. Keeping in with um, Mr. Kyle Ackerman, just like his whole deal, like he is just like the rich, spoiled white boy. Um, I'd like you to repeat what you said about my father to his face. <laughs> just everything about him. I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually loved the part of the school where they were trying to like figure out if there was like anyone who had anything against the school. And they're like, has there been any, any threats? Recently fired employees, teachers, disgruntled parents. And she goes, we're a public school. So all of the above. <laughs> that was so funny. And then of course, when we were talking about Finn and Munch, where'd you get shot? The ass. Kiss and make it better. Like, just so uh, great. There's so many good ones. That's my uh, favorite line. Out of yeah. <laughs> I like that your favorite is like a sweet one. And my favorite yeah. one is like super anti-Semitic. <laughs> no, but it, as I say, it's nice for the, it's now they're on a different level, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I think how, sometimes how, when, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. How I, I was just just gonna ask. Reasons was he on the show? Um, Munch. Oh, God. Um, Munch yeah. was there from season one through seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. I'm only in season thirteen now. He's still there, so. Well, because we we did the wow. show where we did the episode where he left. Um, he was before Craigan, right? He was before, before Craigan, yeah. yeah. So sad they're both gone. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's in interesting. I pen when I did penetration, I think that that's what it was called. Uh, yeah. I said hi to Chris, who's couldn't be a kinder, nicer, sweeter. Dude. How how long are you gonna do this? So he goes, oh, oh man, I'm out. It, it wasn't public at that time, so. <laughs> What's that like? What's that like? 14 seasons he had been on the show. He goes, I'm ready. He was, I guess. He was ready. And it, and he went on to do some, you know, much different stuff on television. A lot of comedies, for one. Mm -hmm. He was great. But now he's back. So yeah yep april 1st returning for a crossover and for the uh premiere of organized crime crazy vanilla who is a famous uh uh so and i was supposed to do that at a 
episode to play the lawyer in it, but because I've gotten over a year or so, um, yeah. and I was shocked they wanted me to do another lawyer. I mean, I played another, you know, anyway, whatever. It was an interesting, but right. Um, yeah, you were in the newsroom uh, episode in seven, 2017. No, 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 no. The brand new one. Oh, where, in criminal, where organized crime. Oh, interesting. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yep. I thought I was supposed to come back for. But have they aired it yet? April 1st. April 1st. Sorry, I don't mean to sound like I'm bragging. I'm not. Brag away. Telling you my resume. That's what you're here for. I would, I would have a T-shirt that said, "I was on Law and Order season whatever episode." Whatever, right. and then, like on the back, they asked me about it. And the, on the back, list the episodes like on tour dates, like <laughs> like a screen grab of yourself. Yeah. That. Do you, do you see, you saw uh, that's funny. Hello. Um, oh my gosh. Genuinely, we asked you to come here and brag about yourself. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I think already we've established that that's not really your personality but I totally see how like being on like being interviewed on other platforms you're being asked about yourself so you're like am I like kind of talking about myself the whole time but that's what you're here for so we want to know more about you that's why you're here look yeah. if, if we had extra time we would also spend an hour talking about Dark Angel so but we don't um I want to talk about the, uh, this episode was actually ripped from some headlines. Throw that banner up there for us. Um, let me tell you about this. As I said earlier, um, this episode was inspired by the white Aryan resistance, um, which is a white supremacist neo-Nazi organization founded by a former KKK grand dragon. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Yep. Um, it was founded in 83. Um, and this also rips from the headline of a man named Benjamin Nathaniel Smith, um, who went on a killing spree. He was a member of the neo-Nazi World Church of the Creator. Um, and during the weekend of 99, he targeted members of racial and ethnic minorities in a random drive-by shooting in Illinois and Indiana. Um, and this connects to this other man named Matthew F. Hale, who was the leader, I believe, um, or helped start the World Church of the Creator, which is now called the Creativity Movement. Y'all are just making up words and putting them together at this point. That doesn't that mean anything. Something, like it's something positive. <laughs> that sounds positive. That's not right. Right. I, I know. Um but it also was ripped from a different headline, completely separate, um, of a 2005 Rowan County courthouse shooting, um, which is also referred to as the Kingston courthouse shooting in Tennessee. Um, a corrections uh, transport officer was um, shot when a shooter and her husband, uh, Jennifer Forsyth Hyatt, and her husband, George, pleaded guilty to robbery uh, from the courthouse and started shooting people at the courthouse. So I think like they took this like, courthouse oh, yeah, corrections yeah, yeah. officer thing For the and ending. mixed it with the Nazis. Yeah. So wait, I'm just unstuck mm -hmm. on the real people that mm -hmm. this happened to. So like we're already, we're already in court for being charged with robbery. So we's going to like up the ante to murder. 
yeah. But okay. she, so she was in the court for the robbery and then okay. pulled out a gun and started shooting people. Wow. All right. That's definitely proof of your innocence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we, and that like all m- melds into is a bunch of cases. You can look it up uh, if anybody cares to check that out. Um, but really, it was mostly based on the white Aryan resistance who spells out war. I personally, yeah. I think all the acronyms and stuff is amusing because it's yeah. like so dumb. Oh my God. Um, so those are the headlines that this was ripped from. Um, but what we do here on um, S Review each week is we have a poll. Taylor, tell us about this poll. Yes. Last week I asked you guys, or I guess two weeks ago, that was our last new episode, The Only Way Out is Through. And I asked um, who is or was the most chaotic squad family member. And though last week we met Miss Lily Bustani, she got 0% of the votes. I guess she was fine, which is true. She was not that chaotic, but she was fun. Um, in third place, we have Simon Marston. Rest in peace. He got 10.3% of the votes. Um, in second place, we have Kathleen Stabler, 13.8% of the votes, and with a just enormous lead <laughs> over three-fourths of the votes, we have Kim Rollins, which that checks out. I figured she was the front runner, but glad to see it confirmed. This week, we asked you guys what your, fam- or your favorite Dana Lewis episode is, and like I said, she only has four, which is so surprising to me. I thought she had at least like six or seven, but... She only has four. Um, we just talked about this one. This is her first appearance, of course. Currently is in second place with 40% of the vote. Um, we also have Informed, which is season eight, episode one. That is the one where the whole environmentalist like cult thing gets introduced before Benson goes undercover, which is a wonderful arc, by the way. Um, we have season 12, episode eight, Penetration. That is where Dana says that she is atta- has been attacked. And then we have, of course, the very divisive 14, uh, 14, which is called Secrets Exhumed. And that's where they locked her up. But um, because she committed a murder, but I I don't believe it. I think it's all (laughs) an act. And I think that she's fine and she's going to come back. All right. We'll tell you where to find this poll in just a bit. Uh, Before we wrap things up here, we got to talk about what did we learn this week? I, I think I learned a lot. Um, there are lots of things we could say that we learned. Uh, I guess one of the big ones is the 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 Nazi flag is illegal to buy in the U.S. or illegal yeah. to have, something like that. I yeah, from my understanding, yeah. All right, according to JC. Good up. All right. Yeah. Um, I play a billionaire. <laughs> right. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about, guys. I mean, I think I'm a lawyer, but that's only because I have 22 seasons of SVU under my belt. Um, Taylor, what did you learn this week? Skip me. Come back to me. Okay, Felicia, what did you learn this week? Dang, I wanted to tell her. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I learned okay. so much. but like I learned no one can tell me what Jews are supposed to smell like. I, would, I don't have, I have no answer for you for that. Um, I, what did I learn this week? I learned um, that I learned more about, I mean, it was a reminder, I don't say I learned, but I've learned more about like 
the system as far as it um, applies to like foster children and that that it is a systemic issue because obviously there's a reason why it's quote unquote easier to adopt black children as opposed to white children and children of course of a certain age just like a like uh, inside of that and then how that can be manipulated by people I never even considered how people could manipulate that situation for a plethora of reasons none I think are probably positive um what else did I learn um I learned that dang I didn't really learn anything I don't think I learned, <laughs> that was a good oh, learn that was actually a very good learn oh. Um, on a very surface level, I learned that that Munch likes fig milkshakes, which is this a very interesting flavor. But now I'm like, I kind of want to try it. Like I'm thinking fig Newton, but I thought that was an interesting little fact yeah, that too. we learned. I was like, oh, fig milkshake. Okay. I imagine that would taste good. A fig, fig right? Fig. Yeah. I just think I about think people writing contextualize. Newtons episode and what's happening now mm. yeah. but it 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 has changed, you know an awareness you've kind of dealt with in, in in your own life um stuff that today necessarily on network tv so and which isn't to say the show and work, you know, where that was coming from and and what was tolerated and uh, but uh, my point is made. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think you're right. Um, Felicia, we had you. Taylor, we had you. Everybody oh, spoke. Went. Everybody yeah. went. Yes. What did you learn? Yeah. Everyone went. I, I learned the thing about the Nazi flag. Um, okay. I know that it's illegal to have them in Germany. I know that for sure. Yes. Yeah, I knew yes. that. I didn't know about the U.S. though. That's crazy. Wrong. I mean, also, I think we're, if it's not true, JC said it. <laughs> I, I said it. Blame me. We will, don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's what I learned. Also, um I didn't learn any new uh anti Semitic slurs, which I guess is I did. I was like I didn't really like I grew up in I, Indiana. Oh that's like, very Christian and yeah. I mean, and it's diverse where I'm from and it's but it's mainly just like uh, Catholics and Protestants too so mm -hmm. it was like there wasn't a lot of Jewish kids or like a lot of Jewish culture like I think one time we watched an episode and they were talking about gefilte fish and I had no clue like what gefilte fish was um, and, and Yell had to like tell me I was like oh I had no clue what that I, was so I don't even know enough culturally about uh, the Jewish community to know what offensive things to say oh. so but I'd like to start with the non-offensive things to learn first. I would like to learn yeah. more, but I want to start with the non-offensive first. That's fine. I'll teach you both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you. no. <laughs> I'll teach you both. And she's not going to tell you the difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
Yeah, this is such a fun episode. Uh, thank you so much, JC, for being yeah. here. Thank you for chatting with us and telling us stories from the set. Um, this you guys are so all so, and being so kind and nice. Yes. Well, thanks. Yeah, maybe too much. We try. We're too we'll nice. <laughs> I don't think I've never told, heard that before. Yeah, I've never been told I'm too nice. I haven't heard that, but I just was going to receive it. Thank you. <laughs> hey, where, where, what new one? What, what news? Uh, uh, are, are you? I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you after we get off of here. <laughs> um. So until oh, okay. next. Uh, until next episode, um, Taylor, why don't you tell everyone there where they can find you in the poll? Yes, you guys can find me in the poll on Twitter at alphabet underscore Anne, and you can also find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Awesome. And Felicia, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at it's Felicia Michelle. Obviously, that's my favorite platform. Y'all know I don't tweet like that. But if you want to go on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at it's Felicia on air. And JC, you're on the internet as well. <laughs> I have no you idea what my Alright, I got it. Hold on. Hold on, I got it. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Tell I me got tell them my thing. We'll figure it out. Yeah, it's uh at JC McKenzie on Twitter. And then you mostly use your Instagram, uh, which is at JC McKenzie official. Ooh. What are those things again? Yeah, I got it. I got you covered. Don't you worry. Um, thank you again, everybody, uh, for joining us. Thank you, JC, for being here. Of course, a reminder, if you need the rain hotline, it's 1-800-656-4673. We'll be back uh, the next two weeks are still reruns, so we're doing older episodes, and then we'll be back with the new episode, April 1st. That is the Organized Crime crossover. We'll be doing that episode. We are not promising that we will continue watching Organized Crime. We cannot make that promise. Um, thanks, everybody.